listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. two weeks ago in our series, Pneumatic Believers. How many of you enjoyed Pastor Rowena's message last week? Come on, it was really good. I've made the comment several times to say it publicly. I think it's the best message I've ever heard her preach, and she's preached some good ones. Activate the Holy Spirit. It was really good. If you didn't see that, go back and watch that. I started talking the week before about uh, the idea of being filled with the Spirit and the, the, con- the confusion that there is around that and how valuable it is to be filled with the Spirit. The Scripture commands that. And so I got about halfway through. Big shock, right? And so I'm gonna finish up today on that. Um, I just wanna read you this verse. It says in the Scripture, um, I'll need a little bit of help with this. It's on the wrong setting, sorry. Um, uh, the verse says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, do not get drunk with wine. We could full stop there. Don't get drunk. It's not biblical. It's sin. Anybody? It doesn't say don't have a glass of wine or half a glass of wine, and that's not, that's not encouraging you to do that. Some of you should never have anything to drink, right? We all have different backgrounds, all have different challenges and struggles. It says don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. It's actually a command. That means you have a role to play in this. A lot of us, we think of, well, God, if it's your will for me to be filled with the Spirit, you're just gonna, you're gonna like unexpectedly blow on me and like, whoa, it's gonna be powerful and I'm gonna fall down and, well, that could happen, but you are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. In other words, you have a, you have a, a impact in this thing of turning on the spigot. Thank you very much, Vanna White. My Van, personal, give our Vanna White a big hand. Say that in the kindest terms, Raina. Um, you have a role to play in being filled with the Spirit of God. You control uh, to a great portion your experience with the Holy Spirit. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for the promises in Scripture. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here as believers. You reside within us, and yet we're challenged to be filled. I thank you for this command. It talks uh, throughout Scripture so many times about being filled, overflowing, to walk in the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit. And Lord, that just lets us know it's possible to do all these things without being filled with the Spirit. And yet there's such a different outcome when we are filled. Lord, I pray that you will teach us to understand not only the concept, but walk in the experience. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone, nice and loud, said amen Amen. and amen. Give a high five to the person next to you. Grab your Bible. We'll jump in. And uh, how, how cool it is to be in God's house. I know it's spring break. I know we have people traveling, but it's great to have you here. How many of you are getting ready to go away for a few days and go to... I see some, some hands around... A little bit. No, you're not. How many of you are? It's just stay, you're you're staycationing and going to work and all the other normal things. <laughs> okay, I totally understand that. That'll be me and Rowena as well. Um, men's conference coming up down or up at uh, Hope Village Church. Actually, it's at Black Diamond uh, Lake uh, camp, uh, camp, and we've got 16 guys currently registered. It's in about two weeks, I challenge you. Guys, if you're not signed up for this, see me afterwards. We'll get you locked in. It's gonna be a great weekend. Pastor Jurgen will be speaking. A gentleman named Rex Crane, phenomenal speakers. It will be worth every penny and worth the time. If you're new here, come and just see me afterwards. I'd love to figure out how to get you there. If finances are an issue, come and see me. We'll figure out how to 
carry the load together and get you there, okay? Uh, as we started this, this, this uh, topic two weeks ago, or actually as we started the series, the, the word pneumatic uh, believers comes from the idea pneumatic or pneuma, wind. When the Bible talks about the Spirit of God, it's talking about the wind of God. The, uh, really, if I were to sum up, what is, what is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? He's the one that you sense and feel living this life. Now, a lot of people are born not feeling him and don't experience him, and so God is the idea of God. There's the, the idea of God the Father in heaven. There's the history of Jesus walking on this earth and all the things that he did, and it's head knowledge, but there should come a moment in all of our lives, and it's the will of God in our lives to experience the very presence of God. Even though God the Father is in heaven, and seated at the right hand of the Father is Jesus. Jesus, as he left, said, I am sending the helper, the one, the Holy Spirit. He's with you, but he shall be in you, right? And so we, we discover in Scripture that it's the will of God for us to, to be equipped with the presence of God, the Spirit of God, the wind of God in our lives. And, and a lot of people don't experience that, and a lot of believers fail to lean in to this promise of God. There are lots of promises of God. There are lots of things available to you on the shelf of the kingdom of heaven, but you do have to lean in and participate. There are no doubt some things that God has had for you in your walk with him that you've just failed to reach out and grab off the shelf because of lack of knowledge or lack of understanding. And, I, and that's part of why we gather. It's why we preach the word. The Holy Spirit's job is to illuminate, the, illuminate those things because there is help coming from the helper. And so this, this idea of the Holy Spirit leaning into him and experiencing his help is like the difference between a regular hammer and an air hammer as you're building. Again, I shared this story. I've been renovating a, uh, a space at our house for the last couple of months. And in the process, I pulled out of the drawer the original hammer I bought in 1997 to build my very first house. Banged every nail on that house for a year with that hammer. It is not even a, a really a contractor's hammer. I didn't know what I was buying. Listen, it could be confusing to go to the hardware store or Home Depot and decide which one of these 4,000 hammers should I buy for my situation. It's like the first time trying to pick out a Bible. In the Bible bookstore or online, you're like, well, all these different versions and all these different sizes of fonts and study Bibles, which one do I pick? And so I just picked a generic hammer, but I used that hammer to help build with seven other families, seven or eight houses, and banged every nail from the foundation all the way up to the roofing and everything on the inside with that hammer. But now, since 1997, there's a lot of new tools out there. And so in building this uh, renovation at our house, I pulled out my compressor and my hose line and plugged into my pneumatic nailer. And instead of bang, bang, ah, bang, bang, ah, I just went boom, 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 boom. And I just put together the downstairs in much more accurate fashion without losing any appendages, and it's been a lot easier. Because actually, the air behind the mechanism of the hammer has made my job incredibly easy, and it has helped me. In the same way, in a walk with God, 
inviting and leaning into the Holy Spirit, he will help you in every area of your life. He'll help you to overcome temptation. He will help you to discover what the next step is. He will help you to step through the right open door. He will help you to discern what is really true about that person standing before me. He is supernatural, the helper from God. And when the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit, it's really like you are a sail and you need to move in a direction and you could either pull out your paddle and row your boat or you could extend your sail and the Holy Spirit can carry you to where you need to go. You still have to participate. There's still a role for you to play. You need to tip your sail correctly, but the Spirit of God is wanting to help you in your journey through this life. And I can tell you, there's a big difference between paddling, uh, Leslie, amen, wherever she's at, um, trying to figure out your housing situation, and you need to try to figure out your housing situation, but it's amazing in that process when you're trying to figure it out, you hoist your sail and say, Holy Spirit, you are the one that's come to reveal truth. That's what the Bible says. It's not just biblical truth. The Holy Spirit hasn't just come to show you what's in the Bible, The Holy Spirit has come to help you discover truth for your next step. He can lead you and guide you. I don't know about you, but Jesus has not showed up in his robe and sandals to, come on, Steve, next step here. No, Steve over here. I've never experienced that. But I've experienced the leading of his his spirit in my lifetime for purchases of property, for relationships, for what to do in the church, how to solve issues, health issues. God, my doctor told me this, but then the other doctor told me that. What do I do? And they're good people trying to help me discover solutions, but in some cases, the science is not settled, and so we look to God to lead us and direct us in our lives. Amen? Amen. 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 I was having a digestive issue at one point, and of course, I'm WebMD. I'm, I'm the best doctor on the planet, right? And I was trying to discover what it was. You know what it just ended up being? After four or five years of gurgling in my stomach and won't go into all the other details. Almost every day, I just discovered, as crazy as this sounds, that, Steve, you're not supposed to put about a cup of hot sauce on your breakfast every single morning. Problem solved, okay? I just didn't know that. The specific type of hot sauce that I was consuming. So, and that was uh, the process of just saying, God, I'm done. I'm praying about this. Help me to figure out what's wrong. Simple, just very simple, practical things. So in this declaration or this command to be filled with the Spirit, I I explained to you that there's some confusion about it because I can walk up to some believers and I can say, hey, are you filled with the Spirit? And they're like, "Uh, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I've talked with other believers that they're a believer and have you been filled with the Spirit? And they're like, no, I I haven't been. And the truth is you can't even be a believer without being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the one that helps you step into a relationship with Jesus to follow him. And so as a believer, the Spirit of God is the one that leads you to that revelation that Jesus is Lord. He's the one who helps you to repent. He's the one who helps you to step across the line to begin following. And the Bible says that as believers, he, we become his temple. He enters us. Instead of the Old Testament, where the Spirit of God would enter into the temple built by Solomon, When we say yes to Jesus, that same spirit comes into us and it's more valuable inside of us because the temple's inanimate, right? 
and people would have to go to the temple to experience the Spirit, whereas you and I wake up in the morning, and if we lean into the Spirit and are filled with the Spirit, we experience His help and His direction. Um, that, this, this idea of being filled with the Spirit is confusing because there's actually three different contexts in which it is used in the New Testament. And so in asking someone, I understand the confusion, because it's like if I gave you a car, and I've, I used this illustration two weeks ago, if I, I said, Dustin, I'm going to give you a car, and man, it is hot. Dustin's like, yeah, give me a hot car. That Steve gave me a car. He gave me a hot car. Now, hot could mean one of three things. Uh, Dustin could go out and begin to drive that car and turn the corner and uh, see the police officer behind him with the flashing lights and discover that I have given him a hot, stolen car. Yeah, womp womp. Uh, you picked the wrong door there. Or he could be going to get in this hot car with the windows rolled up on a sunny day and sit down on the very expensive pleather front seat bench all the way across, 1972 Pinto, right? And he sits down on the pleather uh, seat with his short 1970 tennis shorts, right? And burns the back of his legs because the car is literally, temperature-wise, hot. And the thought of those shorts are concerning. Um, <laughs> or... He can walk out and get the keys to his very hot car, a brand new 2023 Mustang five liter engine, and it's hot because it's hot, right? Are you seeing the difference between these three things? And so there literally is three different contexts in which we're talking about being filled with the Spirit or even being baptized with the Spirit. As we look at, and we've already covered this one, but it's the idea of being born again. It's, it's stepping into the relationship with Jesus. When you step into a relationship with Jesus, hear me for a second, it's more than just a, a mental decision. That's not what born again is. That's not what a believer, believers don't just believe in God. How many of you know the devil believes in God? There are lots of people who believe in God. I'm listening to stuff online, people who believe in God and refer to him at, with different pronouns than he uses on, his, on himself. Okay, I'm not trying to get political this morning, but God reveals himself as he, as father, amen? amen? And so God has revealed to us who he is, who he says he is, and we embrace the who he is, and as he reveals who he is, we step into the truth of him, Regardless of what I used to believe, when we step into that reality of who he is, there should be something supernatural that happens. The sail that you didn't even know you had that's furled down below deck, suddenly the wind begins to blow on it. You're like, what is, go what is this I'm experiencing and feeling? And you begin to experience a brand new life. For so many of you, you've experienced that. I would challenge you, if all you did in some church service is raise your hand and say, yeah, I believe in God. I want to become a Christian, and you just raised your hand, but you don't have a sense of God being close, a, a spot where you pray and can step in and be one with God and have communion with him. If you, rare, if you don't feel his presence ever, I would challenge you that maybe you need to come back to this first spot and say, God, I, I want more than just a belief. I want to step into relationship. I want to follow you. It's going to require you, though, to stop following yourself. And that's usually the caveat. I want to believe God. I want to continue to do all the things that I love to do. Well, Jesus invites us to abandon those things. Not maybe, maybe we can go still do some of those things. But ultimately, what we do is we stop following ourselves 
and begin to follow him. And what I've discovered in following him and in the spirit of God coming into my life and being born again, that not only am I still able to do some of this stuff here, but better versions of it and so many things I didn't ever dream that I could be involved in. I didn't give up anything. I inherited so much. The little things that I had to give up were tiny. They were minuscule. They, were, they seemed big in the moment, but in surrendering those things to follow after him, man, the kingdom of God is expansive and big and impacts every area of our lives. And it's been wonderful. So you see there, as you look through the scripture, um, Jesus said uh, uh, in, in John chapter three that in being born again, you would not only be born of water, which was when you were born from your mom, but now you'd be born of the spirit. The spirit of God will come into your life fresh and new as you were originally intended to be, but the garden robbed from you. And now you step into that with God's spirit within you. And that's how you are able to experience God through his spirit. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse 21 to 22 says that he places his spirit in our hearts as a, as a guarantee of things to come. How do I know I'm a believer? Because I can sense his presence within me. Not because I know stuff, not even because I do right things, although I need to do right things in following him, but doing those right things does not make me right with him. I'm right with him, and so I do right things. You cannot do enough right things to have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God, and you'll find that you'll just start doing the things that he commands you to do as you follow him. Okay, the second, the second and very important aspect of being filled is also the idea of, of being unlocked internally. God, um, let me see if I got the, let me go back to this one. There we go. Okay, um, this is the secondary idea of being filled, and it's the idea of the Spirit of God, instead of just being in you, being unlocked and overflowing out of you. Some would call this the baptism in the Spirit. This would be the unlocking of supernatural gifts within you, a modern-day thing that God just wants to, not only be contained within you in the sail, but to push on your sail in a way that it overflows your life and flows through your life into the lives of other people. The disciples were told in the Acts chapter one, as Jesus was ascending back to the right hand of the Father, to go and wait in Jerusalem to pray, to wait for the promise of this coming one. Now, they were already had a relationship with Jesus, but in this moment, it's that overflowing and unlocking. And we see in Acts chapter two, some remarkable phenomenon that happens that's supernatural, that wasn't just historical, but still is on the table for today and happens all throughout the New Testament from there on. This is the idea that, there, that you are meant to be a conduit through which the spirit blows, unlocking the gifts in your life and it recognizes there's supernatural things that God wants to do through you and impact the world that you live in so that this earth experiences the kingdom of heaven, not just heaven. And it's you participating in that to see that be a part of your life and the lives of other people. And of course, you can read through this all throughout 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It talks about varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, God who empowers everyone who's experiencing this to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, as the wind blows upon me, I might have a word for you, you might have a word for me, she might be sick and we'll lay hands on her and see her healed, that there might be a word of wisdom 
for someone's situation beyond just our own comprehension, something we didn't know, but this is the key for them in their next step, that God uses people that way. And God wants to unlock that in your life. Really um, pretty, pretty interesting as we've been pursuing this. I've had two of our young adults come to me. One of them texts me one day and says, Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve, uh, I was praying today, and in the process of praying, all of a sudden, a different language was coming out of my mouth as I was praying, and it was weird. I, like, I sensed God's presence, and I was praying with my, my heart and my spirit, but it was different words. What do I do? Keep being biblical. <laughs> you know, pray in the spirit. That's one of the aspects of praying in the spirit. Not long after that, one of our interns approached me and says, yeah, I was praying, and praying out loud, all of a sudden, a heavenly language began to flow out of my mouth. Um, this was a really confusing concept to me when I first became a believer. In fact, to be honest with you, the, the church that I was involved in put more emphasis on this than even Jesus. And that was very, not only concerning to me, but it was also very confusing as a new believer. And so I found myself wrestling with the whole idea of tongues. And, and this is what I would say to you as a church family, that God wants to unlock the gifts of his spirit in your life. He wants to unlock new levels of his spirit all the time in your life. It's not just a one-time encounter, but should be ongoing through our lives. And because these uh, gifts uh, are, uh, were, are, are so vocal, the thing that I encourage people to do, stop praying about speaking in tongues. Stop praying specifically about, God, I want to be used in the gift of prophecy. These are all spoken gifts. What I would challenge you is to Two, a couple things. If you want to experience the promise of God in this area, number one, pray. Number two, pray out loud. And number three, move beyond just a mental prayer. I'm not sure. It's the beginning of spring break. Those, that's the lightning for those of us who are stuck at home, the rain that's coming. <laughs> Electronics. Uh, so we said pray. Pray out loud. How many of you feel uncomfortable praying out loud? I see your hands. Can you leave them up there for a second? Okay, listen, uh, God's not gonna come down and move your mouth. It's just not, one of the things you need to be comfortable is about out loud, maybe it's in your car, maybe it's in your backyard, ignore the neighbors, they'll, they'll have stuff to say, but out loud praying. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is, get away from the scripted brain prayer and lean into something that we would call more of a free praise, more of a prayer that comes not from the mind, but from the soul of who you are. Like, what does that look like? Well, it's, it's not, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Um, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's creepy. Anyways, Lord, God bless. Oh, let's do the family tree. Mommy and daddy, now let's do mommy's side grandma and grandpa and auntie, uncle. And, you know, we have this mental way of praying through our needs. Lord, I, I need housing. Lord, my business. I, I need more customers to show up or, uh, man, things are going to be real tight. And we, those are, those are okay to prayers to pray, but they are really based out of fact and knowledge. They're very real. They're important prayers to pray, but it really becomes more physical than it is necessarily spirit-led. Now, I could pray also that it, when the Bible says pray in the spirit, it, it, it literally means stop being anchored in your fleshly prayer. Lord, I need this. I need that. I would hope you would do this. And pray with your spirit. In other words, partner with the Holy Spirit 
and allow it to come up out of you. It's still from you, and yet it's not managed like you're trying to make something out of Lego blocks. It's more of, God, I praise you. I didn't just script myself to say, I'm going to say, God, I praise you. What's next? God, I love you. God, I praise and love you. God, I praise and love you and praise you also. That's more of a letting loose of the formulaic prayer and saying, Lord, I love you. I honor you in this place. I thank you for the people in our church. God, I thank you for the people who have just made decisions for you. I thank you for our teenagers. We have the most remarkable young people I've ever met in my lifetime. God, I thank you for some of the men who are going. You know, this is not scripted. I'm not planning on any of this, but it's bubbling out of who I am. And what's happening, whether you realize this or not, I've just linked arms with God's spirit and we're having a conversation with the Father and I'm partnered with him and he's helping me. And because I'm praying out loud, I'm telling you, I've known people who have experienced that in filling in that setting. You being all, all, oh God, fill me with your spirit. Trying to force something to come from heaven is the wrong application. It's allowing heaven to flow through you outward. And so my challenge to you is gonna be in a few minutes as we, as we get ready to pray, for some of you to start praying out loud. Start praying, not just scripted prayers, but pray. the Bible says, pray in the spirit. What does that mean? Stop praying just in your head. That list, I have, I'm, I'm the list prayer. I have Monday theme, I have a Tuesday theme, I have a Wednesday theme, I have a Thursday theme, all different themes, so I cover all the stuff in my life, and if that's all I do, that's good, but that does not fill me up when I'm done praying. It checks the box, and I feel like a good boy. I've prayed all, I've covered my life, but it doesn't fill me up. It's not till I let go and actually start giving God thanks and giving God praise, and especially out loud, that I, I sense the Spirit of God filling my sail and begin to push me along. It's why we, why we try to get you to sing. I know some of you think, well, I'm not a good singer. I don't care, and neither does God. But something about you expressing out loud those words allows it to flow through you, and the Spirit of God is able to catch you and push you along and you, as you step into the Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay. So for some of you who love the presence of God, love the Spirit of God, but you don't see much supernatural activity, especially like prophetic or tongues, the Bible, when it talks about prophecy and tongues, it puts it on such a low shelf. It's why I've seen kids who are five years old prophesy and speak in tongues. And yet us adults who are mature and we know doctrine, we struggle with the idea because we have to be so controlled and so in control all the time. I'm not saying yield to some unknown spirit. I'm saying allow the spirit of God within you to bubble up and come out. Amen? Okay, can I give you the last one? Thank you, two of you. You're like, spring break, let's go. Um, let me give you the final one, being topped off. As you, <coughs> excuse me, as, as a spirit-filled believer, both, both born again and also having experienced that unlocking. For me, let me just go back to the last point real quick. After struggling and fighting, and some of you have been in churches where they have altar calls for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you come up and nothing happens, and you go back as a second-class Christian and sit down in your chair because you don't prophesy or, or speak in tongues, and that goes on for 20 years. For me, that was going on intensely for about the first year of my Christianity and I remember I just got fed up and frustrated. I was at a, an Assembly of God church in 
Someplace in Connecticut, it was a youth service, and I remember walking up to the altar and saying, God, I'm just done seeking for anything but you. I lift up my voice to you. I honor you. I give you praise. And as that simple, a different language just started coming out of my mouth. And the sensation, I was not possessed. Nothing was grabbing my mouth and moving my lips. It was the same sensation as when I pray in the spirit. Lord, I love you. I honor you. I I give you praise in this place. Out loud and out loud, then a different language began to flow out. And as it did, unrehearsed and uncalculated, but articulate, I knew what I was expressing, but it was different words, but the same heart. My understanding was for the very first time, I actually have the appropriate words to glorify God. Because I mean, it seems so cheap to say, that car's hot. God, you are so hot. Your shirt's awesome. God, you are so awesome. God, you're wonderful. Grandchild, you are wonderful. In all of your food on yourself and snot running down your face, you're wonderful. And meaning both. But finally, now I've got the proper language to articulate praise to God. Okay, let me give you this last point, topped off, okay? Uh, watch stand with me. Worship team's gonna come and I'll finish this off. Once you've experienced both of these in your life, you're gonna recognize that the Spirit of God is resident within you, and you have the ability to not wait till Sunday, because sometimes some of you really experience, I won't have you raise your hands, but I could ask this question. How many of you really experience an increased sense of God's presence when you come into a church gathering? Many of you would raise your hands. Let me explain really quick. The reason why that happens for you is because others in the room have learned to step into the Spirit, and as they're experiencing the Spirit, the Spirit radiates. And so they create an atmosphere, and when you come to church, you're like, oh, I gotta get to church, I need to experience God's presence, and you come in, and although you don't know how to turn that on yourself, there's other people in your world, in your church, who, who understand how that works, and they open that door for themselves, and they open that door for you to step into, and you get to experience it. But this is important for you to realize that that doesn't need to be from Sunday to Sunday. That actually, this is something you could do every morning when you get up. When it says to be filled with the Spirit, in this case, it's for you to top off because I don't know if you know, the Spirit, He, I, he doesn't leak, I leak. It just takes one drive for five miles up I-5 and something leaks out of me. It takes one podcast, it takes one meme, it takes one stupid news article to cause all the flow that's built up on a Sunday within me to radically be depleted, especially in the world that we're living in right now. It only takes just about two seconds of being online. It only takes about two seconds of looking at social media. It only takes about two seconds of actually me trying to do something and then frustration rises up and and somehow the Spirit of God, the presence of God that I felt subsides. Why? Because I'm filling myself up with something else. But the beautiful thing is scripturally, I can be filled with the Spirit. And it doesn't say, hey, get to church on Sunday so that you can be filled, although that's part of a gathering. There's the thing of me being filled on a Monday. I can get up in the morning and I don't feel spiritual. I don't, I woke up, I wanna confess, this morning when I woke up, I did not feel the presence of God. I heard my dog's screaming downstairs. They just, they just, 
Those of you who know what this is, they have the cone of shame on and they're somewhat sedated. And I heard downstairs at about six o'clock this morning and I was like, uh, can I just have five more minutes? And the spirit of God was nowhere, zero. There was frustration with those dogs. I've got to feed them. I've got to get them out there. They're running with their cone of shame, banging into everything, including me. And I don't, I'm not feeling God right now. However, I recognize presence, sense of presence is low. So I lean in, open the valve. Father, I thank you at this moment. Spirit of God, you reside within me. I'm going to be filled right now with your spirit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn on I'm gonna, or, or I'm gonna open the door because you, you're here, but I'm not experiencing you. I'm gonna open the door. I'm gonna open the gates with praise and with thanksgiving. Out loud, Father, I thank you. I honor you in this place. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I don't need you to come. I need to step into you. I need to lift my sail. All right now, Lord, I raise my hands. This is in my living room. My dogs who are now have eaten and who know that I'm aggravated, they can sense anything, but they still wanna lick me, they love me. They love me even though I'm aggravated, and yet they're watching me walk around my living room. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. And all of a sudden I can feel the water level rise back up. Be filled with the Spirit. It's the command of God. Be filled with the Spirit. Step into a relationship with God, amen? Step into that baptism, that unlocking of the Spirit of God that's within you and all the gifts, and then step into topping it off as you recognize, oh, I'm feeling a little dry. Oh, maybe my church is not feeding me the way that they should. They didn't sing the right songs today. I need to go to a church that sings the right song. No, you need to lean forward and you'll, you'll turn on the spout. That's all you gotta do. Come on, let's do it together for just, just take a moment, right? Holy Spirit, we thank you. Out loud, with your mouth out loud. Your husband's not gonna laugh at you. Your child's not gonna think you're weird. You're gonna hear the voice that you have actually being used for what you were created on this earth to do, to bring praise and glory to God for the first time out loud. Lord, I love you. I honor you in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here in the absence of the Father, in the absence of the Son, who can see us, who can hear us, who have given all for us. Holy Spirit, you are here, you are present, and you want to be the force, the helper behind my life. I honor you. Come on, out loud. I praise you. I worship you. I invite you. I give you room. I ask you to fill me. I step into being filled. I declare your filling over my life. I will not be the victim of, of a energyless economy in the spiritual realm. I have the ability to reach into that energy, that source of power, the Holy Spirit of God, an unlimited source that is on board in my life to be filled. Fill me with your spirit. I am being filled with your spirit. Lord, I have a part to play in this. I lead in right now. I lift my hands. I declare with my lips love and honor. I worship you, oh God. I worship you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are with me. I repent for quenching you. I repent for resisting you. I repent from being so stoic, so stoic and so formal that I've been too cool to raise my hands when, when you're inviting me to worship you and abandon my body and step into the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this house. 
where your spirit is, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's joy, there's peace, there's healing, there's breakthrough. There's all the good things that you have, Lord. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. What some of you are doing right now is you're blazing the trail to experience the presence of God. This is a path in your life that should be so short and should be well-worn. You figure out time and place, but you regularly step into the presence of God. I want to pray specifically for that second thing that was on the list today. Those of you who have been like Steve, I, I just have never experienced the unlocking of the supernatural, or I have, but I'm kind of stuck. I want you to just come and join with me right here in the altar. Just move out of your seat, and I'm going to pray over you this morning. Worship team's getting ready to sing, um, but I want to be able to, to specifically pray for you. There's a spot in the Bible where the apostle asked some believers, have you experienced the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, no, we've never heard of such a thing. And the Bible says that he laid hands on them and they received the Spirit of God. It's interesting that healing happens when we lay hands on things. You don't always have to, but it's a point of contact, the Spirit of God in someone, touching the sickness, boom, it's gone. And there's the same passing spiritual gifts and also of the Spirit of God. I wanna challenge you, if you have a desire to be used by God, to prophesy, to be able to be used in areas of discernment and in any of the, the biblical giftings, just want, I, I'm not gonna come up here and let's start, at, let's start functioning in them. It's not where we're gonna come up and start using the nail gun, but it, it's the open door to say, I desire this, Lord. I'm asking you to unlock this in my life. I desire it not for me, but for other people to be used this way. I want you to come and just find a spot to stand. Come up boldly. Don't be sheepish about it. Just come up here and just be like, yeah, I want what, I want what God has. Did I mess you up? I want what God has for me, right? Bethany, Bethany, you have an, such an incredible anointing on your life that flows out when you pray and when you sing. Next level for you is to have those gifts unlocked. So it's not just your natural ability that's anointed by God, but it's the supernatural within you. And you know what? You're still gonna be the same person, same beautiful smile, same wonderful family, okay? It's not gonna turn you into a weirdo, okay? It's, you're already a, an incredible vessel on the ocean. And while you already have a great ability to paddle your way, this, you're gonna sense the Spirit of God at a greater level pushing you, okay? And that applies to so many of you already, okay? That the Spirit of God overflows our lives and begins to propel us. Do me a favor, can you move over this way so that we can, I can just be able to pray for these who are up here? Tina, great, great to see you, you too. Mm. It's a big deal for you to be up here, right? Yes, come on, pull over this way so they've got some room. If those of you who want to help me to pray, we're just going to lay hands while they're singing this song. We're going to pray just for that impartation of the Spirit of God. And treat this morning, treat this morning like your declaration, I'm going to step in. And all this week, every day, Holy Spirit, I invite you. Because the last verse that I had for you is that if you invite the Spirit of God into your life, the Father will respond. Amen? Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 